psychologist and with me as always suckling from the teat um no <laughs> i'm not falling for that one again but i still oh, am caffeine rage i had to i had to after what you just said about skyrim anyways on today's show we're going to be doing things a little bit differently uh, i'm going to be focusing on the news so gog starts the fuck drm initiative Yes, that's what it's called, the Fuck DRM Initiative. <laughs> Bethesda is blocking some resellers and is trying to redefine the meaning of the word new. This is an update to a news topic from last week. Streaming is getting shaken up a bit. We've got a couple of news stories related to streaming services. The NVIDIA RTX 20 series has been announced and why you should jump off of that hype train. We'll I was never weekly- on in, in the first place. Indeed. We'll have our weekly community corner and our Steam weekly discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Also, uh, even though it's not in the topics list, I'm going to put some of the bonus content from the last couple of episodes after the credits on this one to help pad out closer to our usual time. I am just sort of like living in a house of ill repute. Uh Actually, that implies prostitutes. Just my my. Well, we know is... that you're a man whore, so. <laughs> my family is sick, and I don't want to catch the sick. But also, I had a very difficult day at at the clinic, so I'm just kind of like, meh. But I did want to record because I didn't want to miss recording. I wanted to hang out with my friend. And, and what, Craig? For... <laughs> yeah, Craig. <laughs> And make something for, for you people in the process. So, Rage and I talked about it a little bit, and we didn't have very many games to discuss. So, we're just going to nix that from the show, and we're looking at something like 60 to 90 minutes recording time for news and things, and then call it quits for the evening. And I'm going to go to bed and hopefully not get sick. And that's how I am. Rage, how are you? I'm all right. It, it's been kind of. Uh... All right, day for me. I slept late. I caught up on my sleep. Uh, neighbors haven't been too crazy today. Even though, well, you heard of, uh last night while we were recording spin tires, the guy spinning, uh, yeah, burning rubber. He, he did it again during, <laughs> you know, my uh, pre-recording. Just gather up the news and see what's going on. Yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to the apartment manager about that one. I think. Dude wants everyone to know he's got the biggest dick. Just the biggest. He's not compensating for anything at all. Yeah, it's not like the truck that he drives is a piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, wait. It probably is, isn't it? Eh, perhaps. But, yeah, and the thing is, uh, he's burning rubber in the parking lot across the street from where I live, and that's also where a bunch of kids play. So, yeah, good way to get some uh, kids uh, killed. Yeah. Idiot. Yep. I mean, I've done my fair share of, of burnouts and, and yeah, but you driving. Don't do, yeah, but you don't do them uh, in the parking lot of your apartment, right? No, or, I never did that. Or where you live, right? I never did you, that. You don't poop where you live. No. 
I used to go to the drag strip a lot at Brainerd, uh, which is like the local drag strip uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Used to go there all the time. I've been down to Road Atlanta a bunch of times. I've also done some really stupid and dangerous racing uh, from like traffic light to traffic light in, in town and on the interstate. But I haven't done that in many, many years. Because driving dangerous is not a good thing to do, kids. You'll get yourself hurt. It's almost like it's dangerous or something. Yeah, you get yourself hurt or killed. Or worse, hurt or kill someone else because you're a moron. Thankfully, I never hurt or killed anyone. That you know of. I took my dangerous driving to places where dangerous driving is encouraged. Like racetracks and drag strips. So then and burnout paradise. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. See, but. I do all my uh, dangerous driving in video games. It's it's, uh, it's not the same. I'll tell you that it's not the same. Uh, yeah, I could completely it, wreck a car and uh, not feel a thing. Yeah, I've never I've never totaled a car on on a track, but I at have least with that attitude, few, I have been in a few minor accidents. Um, most track days that you go to, you know, you bring your own car, but I've been to a few like sponsored events, uh, that I was able to get into, you know, just cause I had, I knew people, uh, or had the right connections. So stuff for like tire companies or actual car manufacturers would come down and put on events for like these companies. Uh, and you know, you could bring guests cause they were just as much about fun as they were about educational stuff. So I, it, it I was educating Oh, it was very educating uh, when I when I wrecked that Miata. I mean, it didn't total it. It was still drivable, but it ripped the front bumper off and the, the back bumper off of the one that I hit. But they told us, they were like, push these cars to the limit. You won't be able to break the grip on these tires. Challenge I accepted. I did. They, uh, they blamed me, though, instead <laughs> of the tires. They were like, you were driving it too hard. And I was like, you told me to push it as hard as I could. We sent to the limit, not past it. <laughs> uh, I've been to events where I've driven like Corvettes and Camaros and Mustangs and like nothing like super crazy, but you know, faster than average cars, I guess. I mean, they're, you know, sports cars. I guess Corvette, a uh, Corvette's a little above average for most people, but I've driven a couple of like exotic cars too, like a couple of Porsches. I've driven a Lamborghini once. That was fun. I didn't drive that one very far. That was not on a track. <laughs> I was like, I do not want to wreck a car or even scratch. That's worth more than you. Car. Yeah, that's worth more than my entire net worth. For your lifetime. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. No, it was just a, just a Gallardo. So, you know, it was only worth, it's only like 190000 or $200,000 car. That's not more than my lifetime net worth. Eh, half Just, life. you know, like 10 years. Yeah. At least at that point in time, I was, how old was I? 20? 19 or 20? I don't know. I, ha- I have a few years that just kind of run together. I was doing a lot of, uh, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on in my life. But that's a story for another day. It sounds how like for, a story about? for another podcast. Indeed. How about we go talk about a different kind of story? A news story. GOG. Starts the Fuck DRM Initiative. I love this. Uh, it's not fully spilled out. It's FCK DRM. 
Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. This, yeah, that isn't fuck. Believe me, I know the word fuck. I use it quite often. Indeed, but I mean, you know what they're implying. <laughs> yeah, you know what they're doing with that. They're being cheeky about it, and that makes it even better. Yeah, it would uh, be a lot. Uh, <coughs> it's kind of like the fuck uh, censorship initiative, <laughs> and they censor the word fuck. Uh, but yeah. Uh, this, I'm not sure how I feel about this. This feels more like a marketing gimmick for GOG, which is their thing about being completely DRM free. Yeah. Uh, and this is more, feels like them getting their name out there more than trying to take a stand against DRM, particularly since uh, it feels like they kind of, I don't want to say mislabel, but they kind of paint DRM with the same brush that the most oppressive, always online, de nouveau, uh, bullshit DRM means. They paint the entire DRM spectrum with that. Uh, basically calling it a kill switch for your games, for your movies, for your music, for your apps. And technically, they're true. Yeah, they're correct, but at the same time, it's not the best form of correct in this case. That's that's not how this works. Technically, correct has to be the best, <laughs> the best form of correct. It must. That's the rule. But no, I I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I was, I'm kind of have mixed feelings about this. Like, not in in the in like, oh, DRM is good. Like, not in that respect, but just like. It feels this almost like those... a necessary evil in some points, if that makes any sense. Sometimes, but this is more one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, of course, DRM, like, everybody knows about that. And then I have to stop and go, no, no. lots of people don't know about that. I just happen to know about it because, you know, they're, they're the only, level yeah, gamer. enthusiast level. And... Um, so, yeah, it, it does. Uh, I'm stuck in between this, like, is it, you know, how much of an ad is it how much of it is you know sure we're raising well, well, awareness let's put this about way. drm uh, whatever you also look at about uh, the, our platform when you look at the options there are numerous sources for drm free art media including and for gaming they only list gog <laughs> yeah but there's other other places to get drm free games isn't uh itch.io uh, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure if it's not drm free it, you know that it's the exception rather than the rule yeah. Uh, granted, most of what I get from itch.io is through the press account, so you know it may be a special version. But everything that I've downloaded from there has never had DRM attached to it. You can get some DRM free stuff from Humble um, Archive dot uh, org. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other places. Uh, didn't. But they also are. Uh, a lot of this is focused around uh, the, where they are calling DRM free is also not in yeah under a copyright anymore, especially Project Gutenberg and uh, the moving um, image archive. But but those aren't they uh, focused more on uh, stuff that's out of copyright and into the public domain? Uh, I think so. I mean, Grin, I'm not terribly familiar with moving image archive but i have poked around project gutenberg before and that's mostly uh uh uh, you know public domain stuff which then gets into a completely separate issue of how uh 
copyright and Disney has been screwing the <laughs> public for quite a while. Yeah, it's been a long time since anything's entered the public, public domain. domain. Because I of mean, how- I'm sure there's been some stuff that I'm not aware of, but like you think of a lot of big properties mm-hmm. that should be in public domain, they're not. Because I mean, how the early and- Mickey Mouse stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Mickey Mouse should be in public domain, but because Disney pushed to have the laws changed on that, he's not. Among other things. Yeah. But yeah, I think Project Gutenberg is more public domain stuff. Although I have seen... Like, some free textbooks and stuff on there, because I used to get as many of my textbooks as I could for free, and I got a few from Project Gutenberg, so they have some other stuff, but... Yeah, I would say the music on this is uh, probably the most uh, compelling argument they have for this, but, you know, they're targeting things Bandcamp, 7 Digital, eMusic, which is more indie artists. Yeah, as far as I know, Bandcamp is all indie artists. I've never heard of 7 Digital or eMusic before, though. I think I've seen some like audiobooks and stuff on Bandcamp too. Now that I think of it, but um, yeah. So I'm in I'm in you know a mixed space about all of this, both in a combination of I'm not sure like some of this does feel disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Like for example, one of the quotes that they have is from Gabe Newell, which is great. Like you know I don't doubt that he said that. Whatever the quote is, it already flew past. I'd have to refresh, yeah. refresh the page to find it. But Steam is one of the biggest DRM, what would you say, softwares or services out there? Like that was uh, DRM platforms. Yeah, DRM platforms. So I mean, like that feels kind of disingenuous, you know. Just be, you know, saying something and doing something. You know, they say actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But then again, Steam as a platform, you know, being a DRM platform, it's not necessarily a bad thing either. It is just all comes down to how it's implemented and how companies, uh, at least in this case, companies and uh, law bodies, legal entities. I'm not exactly sure how to, to say that, but yeah, and and how consumer friendly they are. And Steam, for all of its faults, so far has still been fairly consumer friendly for the most part. I mean, they're not perfect. No, no company, no person is. But in general, they are pretty consumer friendly and have set the trend for a lot of, of positive things in the digital gaming space. So I can't just outright say this is bad all the time. Those sort of draconian implementations of it, definitely bad. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but I mean, uh, the, the chart, what's important about DRM-free? Lose all access just like that. DRM-free does not have that. Online ownership checks a can and do fail. Scheduled downtime technical issues and corporations shutting down are just everyday facts of life. But DRM is a, a cause of this. Uh, backup <laughs> copy used anywhere. No one... Uh, else gets a say in how you store and access your media you bought it you own it drm free check mark drm eh. off access offline don't rely on your internet connection if not on principle then for the stability and convenience drm free ding drm eh. keep your there's consumer of- rights uh, oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say there's lots of uh, like okay so the first point 
not necessarily true. Depends on the type of DRM mm-hmm. that has been implemented. Uh, yeah, the, the, what we were talking about, the second point, backup copy, use anywhere, or Yeah, uh, well, the second access. point also depends on the type of DRM, yeah. particularly older games that have DRM like uh, just a CD check. The manual or what? Yeah. Well, CD check, uh, go to manual, uh, the code wheel. Remember the code wheels? Yeah, the code wheels. Um, but you can get copies of those things or find like the keys for them online and stuff like that. So, you know, backup copies will work. And then, yeah, access offline. Some DRM has to be on always online, but there's also plenty of DRM that's not always online. Let's see. Keep your consumer rights. Don't hand out uh, your rights to corporations that wouldn't uh, trust you. Some relationships are based on trust. Others are on control and suspicion. Boy, that's a <laughs> a loaded phrase, huh? Yes, it is. Again, depends on the type of DRM. Also, there are, I'm sure, plenty of DRM-free games that track data and could get information well, the, from you. Well, the whole Red Shell controversy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, that was uh, essentially just a... Tr- uh, uh, tracking software that was embedded in a lot of, I would say, double A and lower tier triple A titles. Yeah. Uh, and it was able to generate a pretty unique ID based on things like fonts installed, uh, your uh, OS, and a lot of uh, varying factors that, uh, on the outset, well, it's looking at my fonts installed. Why is that so important? How many people would have the exact same font loadout that you would have? Right? Yeah. I mean, even if you're just uh, you know, running purely default, there's enough vectors there that's able to generate a pretty unique ID. So it's able to track you pretty regularly. Granted, it is anonymous, but eh, yeah, you're starting to get into the privacy problem and going online uh, are you automatically signing away your privacy but that's a completely different issue for another day (laughs) in the last one support digital uh, preservation by choosing the right sources eh, you know that the content you bought will remain with you no matter when it was created or for what hardware that's not so much drm as it is just compatibility in general yeah, I think all of this applies to always online DRM, like Denuvo, or you know well, some of the other. Yeah, worse. Which, well, Denuvo is inherently always online. It's a phone home DRM usually. So uh, I'm just wanting to make that perfectly cl- uh, clear uh, that we do know <laughs> what Denuvo is. Because yeah, I, I, because I've uh, said that one myself uh, just in yeah, this but- last segment where, uh, yeah, it's kind of the big bad right now. Yeah, but always online DRM or these games as service models. Yeah, that the require... live services. Yeah, this applies to those more than it does just standard DRM. And they, they're like we already said, there can be some pretty shitty offline DRM practices that it, you know that are used. But this doesn't. I mean, this is very blanket, broad statement. All DRM is bad. Period. Yeah, which it could be annoying, but at least for, to get the level of games that we're used to nowadays, I think it's become almost a necessary evil for the most part. 
there are companies which, once again, CD Projekt Red, which is an owner in GOG. So, you know, you're starting to get some, <laughs> once again, the sales pitch coming all the way back around that can release their games DRM free and still have, you know, the quality that you would assume. But you're not going to see AAA games for the most part be DRM free these days. It's too much of a risk. Yeah. I mean, hell, you don't even see games really trying to innovate that much because it's too much of a risk. Indeed. Although I think that an argument can be made that the opposite is true. Not innovating is also a big risk. But that's a discussion for a different different topic or another day. Yeah, put that one on the general topics list. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I I don't think we're saying that DRM is good. But it's not uh, not, uh, necessarily as evil as they're saying on this either. Yeah, I think with most things it comes down to what's the intent and how is it implemented. Um, Yeah, if they listed other uh, services for gaming other than GOG, I would think that the... Saying that it's this feels more like a sales pitch would feel would have a lot less of an impact, personally. Yeah. Not saying that you know it's not a bad sales pitch because you know it it, it does make a strong argument, especially for those who aren't informed about DRM, and may be buying from Steam thinking, well, I'll always have my uh, Steam library. That's not necessarily the case. I definitely see where they're coming from on this. But, yeah, it's just such a, a weird thing, just completely out of the blue as well. Indeed. Indeed. Because I saw that I was browsing Reddit, like, on the uh, one of the five-minute spots of, like, ah, time I had at work today. And uh-huh. I was like, what is this about fuck DRM? <laughs> I was like, this has got to go on the in the show notes for, for tonight. Yeah, honestly, it sounds like something uh, John Oliver would put out. Yeah. With the Cat Cowboy as, uh, you know, the spokesman, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty good, actually. I'd love to see that. Alrighty. Uh, do you have anything else to add, or is it time to swap on over to the next one? I think it's pretty much time to swap over to the next one, because I'm just browsing through the forums, and uh, there's uh, a lot. Most of the criticism for this actually is uh, due to the name. <laughs> uh, uh, but there are a lot of people agreeing with us. I hadn't even looked at the uh, forum thread for this uh, until just now. So feeling better that you know, hey, it feels like we hit the nail on the head. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a fun segue or a funny segue, but I got nothing. So we're just well, gonna. Well, instead of fuck DRM, how about fuck the Bethesda? Yeah, Bethesda blocking some resellers, redefining the meaning of new. Yeah, this, uh, is, this is more a bit of a follow up from last week, particularly because of a. Well, it's not really a quote, but uh, uh, at QuakeCon, they got a hold of the Bethesda senior VP of marketing and communication. Who argued in so many words that a product once purchased from an authorized seller could no longer be considered new. And there is a possibility of misconduct by the consumer who cannot in any way be authorized, uh, be an authorized reseller. So maybe, maybe GOG has a point here, <laughs> right? 
about, to some extent about that uh, relationship about control and uh, demands. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is just—I don't know. I don't know. The, I think the reason we were not like especially you were not like fuck Bethesda last week was because there was still there some gray area yeah. in this like yeah, there was it actually a, a, them a, or was it a law firm that was doing this like on their behalf yeah and we were well at least I was falling into the commandment trust but verify yeah and since I hadn't seen anyone talking about this I wanted to make sure yeah but yeah the Eurogamer art, uh, article phew, uh, I, I'm seeing if he has a quote because I didn't grab that before. Uh, let's see. Ba-ba-ba. Uh, he's not trying to sell a secondhand game. He's trying to sell a new game. He was listing the product as if it was new because it is. All we're saying is that if it's pre- a previously owned product, you do not. You have the right to sell as a previously owned product. You cannot represent it as new because we have no way to verify what you're selling is actually new. You could have opened it up, played it for five hours, taken uh, whatever inserts and stuff is in there, put it back in the shrink wrap and said, hey, this is new. It's not new. You owned it. You bought it. You just listed it as, as a used title. That's it. It's the end of the argument. Fuck you. Yeah. We're not trying to I, sell any from, anyone from selling a used games. People sell used games all the time. We understand that. We're not trying to stop that. He specifically was trying to list it as new, as if he was GameStop or Best Buy. Um, yeah. Not, and the, that is not, not, the, not the best argument for that one. I have sold many, many, many games on eBay... Uh, over the years that I have either received as gifts with like no receipt or way to take back. Mm -hmm. So you sell it as new instead of used because you get more money for it because it's new. You've never taken it out of the packaging Uh, and you get way more money than taking it to like, I mean, it makes it sound like this guy has a, a shrink wrap machine and uh, you know, is trying to defraud him of uh, all their (laughs) inserts and DR DLC and stuff. It, it's just it ludicrous. is possible to do that, but the yes. effort required to do that is too much for most people. And here's the just thing: here's the thing much. is that if you start doing that, especially on Amazon, you're going to get knocked down damn quick about it. Yeah. People start uh, realizing the codes are used. The there's no inserts in a sealed copy. And typically, the people who do that return it to the store that they bought it from. Yeah, because they can get the full value immediately refunded back to them in some shape or form you know depending on how much they're willing to press their luck i mean getting a gift card for merchandise is extremely easy i mean i've worked in retail before i've seen people come in and it's like we know that these items were stolen we know it we absolutely know it but we can't like prove it in a court of law so to just get them out of here and not waste any more time with them than we have to we're just going to give them a gift card for the value of the merchandise that they brought back. Mm-hmm. And so, like, getting a gift card for stuff is super easy. And some stores have return policies that only allow you to do it, you know, a certain amount of times without a receipt or something like that. Like, you know, a certain amount of returns per year, period. 
even if you have a receipt, like Target connects it to your ID. Uh, at least here in the States, like most people's uh, issued ID has a barcode on it that can be scanned to just like quickly uh, determine things like a person's age and some other stuff like that. And uh, they can use it as a, a way to track visits and returns and stuff. And Target does that. Like they track all your returns based on scanning your ID in. And mm-hmm. if you've got a receipt, like it doesn't count against you. But if you try and return something without a receipt, I think it's like four returns per year without a receipt, period, um, tracked against your ID. So anyways, it, returning an item like that is is much uh more worth your time if you're going to do that to take it back to the store and just get a full return or get a gift card store gift card and then use that for something else not to try and sell it on amazon where you're not going to get the full value of the game even if it is brand new because people are going to buy from uh resellers to try and get a reduced price uh in most cases i mean you have like your scalpers for limited run items but on something like a game you know you're Especially in the – well, where we could go all the way back to DRM on this where uh, there's not such – there's not such a thing as used games in certain aspects of gaming because of DRM, because of one-use codes for yeah. the DLC, for the game itself in some cases. Uh, especially on PC, I might add. So hearing uh, Bethesda talk about, if you want to sell it as new, go to your buddy and say, hey, I have uh, opened this copy. It's new. Give me 60 bucks for it. And if he buys it, knock yourself out. But don't go to Amazon and represent yourself uh, next to a retailer who we know has sh- uh, sh- we shipped a sealed product to, and they're uh, going to sell it to you as an actual new copy of the game. It feels like he's just pissed about uh, resellers actually using... Yep, the tools at hand, and they're able to get alongside the sellers that are able to use uh, these uh, marketplaces and still get their uh, cut of the profit. Yeah, uh, th- this Did is, they say this anything is about eBay? Stupid. Being uh, mad at no. eBay. I think I think that probably has to do the reason that this is just wild speculation on my part based at on. Um, some experience with selling things online, both on eBay and on Amazon, they work differently. Uh, Amazon lumps things into well, categories, uh, and you don't necessarily know what seller you're buying from um, if you're just like adding it to your cart. So that might be the angle they're going from on this. Um, like you really have to dig. It looks down like they're into, actually not targeting eBay; they're targeting Amazon particularly. Right. That would be my guess because you can just like click to buy a new copy and then an individual would just show up in sort of the bucket of not uh, official Amazon sellers. Like they don't have their product stored on Amazon warehouse or it's not Amazon directly selling it. Mm -hmm. So they would just show up in like the general bucket. And I mean, you can go and you can look at all of those or you can just add to cart and it'll pick not necessarily at random, but based on the price point that you're looking at, it'll pick just from there. Whereas on eBay, every single person you buy from has a unique uh, seller ID. And you can very quickly tell whether or not you're buying from an individual or a company based on a couple of tags or um, what's the like flair type things that the usernames have. And also you can see, oh, this person has 300 feedback versus this person has 300,000. 
So the 300,000 has to be some sort of retailer. So my guess is that's why they're not going after eBay, but are going after Amazon. Just the two ways that the, the sellers are represented. Yeah, this is just so stupid. I, I was given the benefit of the doubt that, you know, some sort of just law firm, you know, lawyers being lawyers. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like this is Bethesda actually behind this. Yeah. Hoping it was a shady law firm who was trying to say, we represent Bethesda. Yeah, yeah because it was just so fucking stupid. Yeah. But no. And that's uh, with uh, out the U, I might add. <laughs> FCKing stupid. <laughs> uh, what, did we just get a show title? Mm, yes, we did. I'm going to go put that in right now <laughs> so I don't forget. FCKing stupid. Should I do stupid with two O's? Yes. Stupid. There. Stupid. Yeah, I don't. I don't because, know if I have anything else to say about this. It's just like I'm, I'm very disappointed in Bethesda. Granted, I've been pretty disappointed in them the last couple of years, and the more time goes on, the more disappointed I get in them. Uh, I, I think what really got it for me uh, was how they handled uh, once again getting back to Skyrim, but not in the way you may uh, be thinking. Uh, the whole attitude: if you don't want us to port uh, Skyrim so much, stop buying it. The fact that at least some of their more recent ports of Skyrim have been as basic as possible. Uh, was it the Switch version that was basically an unpatched version of Skyrim? That, um, that had some bugs in it that was uh, just... Or, or no, no, they just never bothered uh, patching any of the uh, major, well-documented bugs uh, in yeah, their port. Yeah, they just released the same version but the thing the is that the, but the thing is the switch you can't get the fan community patched to fix all the stupid bugs that yeah. are very 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 well documented and a matter of fact the fixes are well documented yeah uh so you want to go talk about something else that's less rage inducing oh we'll see <laughs> um so so blah 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 words i was about to sneeze there for a second uh, you, no, no use your big words <laughs> streaming gets shaken up we've got a couple of news stories related to some streaming stuff one about twitch one about valve uh the twitch one is listed first do you want to talk about yeah that let's first? go ahead and do that because you know this is twitch shooting themselves in the foot being yep. fucking stupid <laughs> so Twitch is is getting some pretty big criticism right now for pulling uh or for putting ads onto people who have Twitch Prime. So now that you have to get what's it called Twitch Turbo? Tur yeah, Turbo which is 9 bucks a month. Yeah. Um so if you've got Twitch Prime as I would say a lot of people do now because of Amazon Prime uh, that being one of the perks of Amazon Prime now is Twitch Prime. Uh, with pe people that have that or that just pay for Twitch Prime without having an Amazon account, uh, now get ads. Um, as far as we know so far, you get to keep all of the other 
benefits like the free stuff and games yeah, and yeah add-ons actually and things uh, that they have yeah it was listed in their blog post uh, you, uh basically the main thing is cutting the ads uh and uh, just the wording on this kind of pissed me off especially the email that i got uh advertising is an important source of support for other creators who make twitch possible this change will strengthen will strengthen and expand that advertising opportunity for creators so they could get more support for their viewers for doing what they love. Never mind the fact that prime viewers counted as an ad view in the first place, right? Yeah. And you could um you got to pick who your your Twitch Prime like money went to every month. Yeah. As we- part of that too. So they were getting the creators were still getting their support. Yeah, we want Twitch to remain a place where anyone can enjoy one-of-a-kind interactive entertainment. And ads allow us to continue making Twitch the best place for creators to build communities around the things they love and make money doing it. Uh, an ad, is ad-free viewing still possible on Twitch? An ad-free viewing experience is still possible. All Twitch viewers can get ad-free viewing across all channels by subscribing to Twitch Turbo. Additionally, Twitch Prime subscribers can still get channel-specific ad-free viewing as part of Prime by using your monthly subscription token on a channel that has ad-free viewing for subscribers turned on. Huh, there's the catch, huh? (laughs) Because you don't know if they would have it turned on, right? Yep. Oh, this just feels so dumb. Uh, especially since you know Twitch is part of Amazon now, so you know it could be a loss leader. It could not have to make uh, all the money, right? Yeah, it's not like Amazon doesn't make a shitload of money, anyways. But I mean, what I said before we started recording uh, is I suspect that they that Twitch is losing money for Amazon right now, and instead of saying, well. You know, let's see if we can find other ways to increase, you know, growth or interaction or some other way to generate revenue. Like maybe work on refining the stupid bit system a little farther or (laughs) improve subscription, the different types of subscriptions, which is what I've heard from uh, other people in the industry. Well, you don't like the fact that they have uh, three tiers with up to, what is it, 30 bucks a month? Yeah. Well, or even on like a uh, a streamer by streamer basis, like their subs, you know, finding new ways to improve that and maybe drive some additional traffic or revenue through there. Um, but instead, they're just like, nah, we can just run ads on all that shit. We've got all these new Twitch people now, thanks to Twitch Prime. So let's just run ads on that service instead of keeping that ad free. I mean, I'm not a big stream. Watch or stream viewer, anyways. I mean, I've been watching it a lot more myself since I've gotten my second monitor, and I can just put a stream up there and uh, keep an eye on it while I do other things. Uh, but yeah, uh, but I've mostly been watching through my browser, which has ad block on it. So if unless they inject the ads directly into the stream uh, a different way than they used to, that will still come into play, and I'm not turning it off because I have Twitch Prime. Fuck yeah. them. It's just, it's mind-bogglingly stupid that they're doing this, especially since they've gotten so much goodwill from their game service. But this is pretty much just guaranteed that the only time I'll load up uh, their desktop app is to download a game. 
Yeah, same. Same. I just wish that they would find... Just be be creative. Either, you know, be a lost leader, be creative, improve your service. I mean, I know that would take actual work and investment, but... Just, just do that. You'd get a lot more support and build a lot more loyalty by creating a good service instead of just shoving ads in front of everything. Or at least be creative about it, you know. Uh, have some sort of sponsorship deals uh, available. Yeah. You know, I mean, hell, you have a big gaming service. Uh, you're able to, you know, be able to offer some sort of deal with uh, with publishers, with uh, game developers. It's just... The, if they sat down and brainstormed, I'm sure that there would be something that would be a lot less aggravating. But no, uh, we're going to get the same damn Fanta uh, ads over and over and over again, right? Well, I do like Fanta. Want Fanta? Don't you want, want Fanta? Fuck no. It's one, one of their old ads. With all uh, the, but, all but the then again, girls. You, uh, uh, but then again, you probably also, uh, on the flip side of it, get things like the Tostino's E3 stream, where you had the, that one guy sitting there slowly eating pizza rolls trying to talk about E3. Oh. Yeah, I think I'd prefer that, though. <laughs> I'm okay with the slightly overweight man eating pizza rolls. That You camera. know we're ice cold, by the way. You know that there was no way that was so hot. <laughs> And, to, and uh, pizza rolls, they suck once they're uh, you know, uh, room temperature. Yeah. It, it's something about the cheese in them that just kind of congeal into this, this unappetizing un blob of grease. They're like, they're like hot pockets. They come out of the microwave and they're molten lava on the outside, frozen on the inside. Then there's like a, a brief period of like 60 seconds where... The heat has perfectly distributed, and they're delicious. And then after that, they're like chewy, and they're like chewy and, uh, and and appetizing. And yeah, how about this? How about we just have a big one? It's called a calzone. <laughs> I love calzones. I also want pizza rolls right now. <laughs> I don't have any pizza rolls, and it would really hurt my stomach to eat pizza rolls. But I still kind of want some. Yeah, between the cheese and the grease for you, right? Yeah. And it's not even good pepperoni. It's greasy as hell pepperoni. I mean, most pepperoni is honestly greasy as hell. Yeah, but it seems like they you know, they inject grease into their pepperoni before they uh, chop it up. Yeah. Yeah, fair play. Uh, but. but, yeah, it's it just... It feels like... They are kind of resting in their laurels here. They realize that there's not really a great competition for Twitch. There is Mixer, but that's more of a Microsoft product and more on the console side of things. So, you know, everybody thinks uh, game streaming or even just creative streaming now. It's, you know, Twitch is like the 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 verb for it now. Yeah. So, though, uh, you know, they think that they could just do what they want and expect people to stick around. And I, I can only imagine how pissed people are that actually bought Twitch Prime directly and aren't through Amazon Prime. They have to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. I would be. 
And uh, well, while we're talking about Amazon Prime, they also pulled their pre-order uh, uh, discount. And they did a couple other things recently uh, to yeah make that less of a deal for gamers. Granted, when I wouldn't have used the pre-order discount anyway, but still. Uh, it just feels like Amazon's slowly ratcheting back the things to begin with. And this is the most egregious one. Yeah. It's pretty much uh, now Twitch Prom is essentially a custom color on your uh, name. Uh, free games, or sorry, free games, sarcasm quotes there, uh, every month. And one free sub, or one sub to- token, I should say. Which honestly, the sub token, yep, that's a five buck, and it really depends on the games. And the games are kind of run the gambit, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, there've been some. There's been some, some great months. I mean, hell, last month was amazing. Yeah. But then this month was kind of meh. Yeah, I haven't even seen what the free game or games have been so far for this month. Uh, I could go look at that while you chat away for a moment. Or you just sit there and completely blank. I'm looking at, at a picture. Uh, it is the uh, wizardy wizardry bundle for three somewhat older games. At least I think these are older. I mean, they definitely look older. Gotcha. Is that it so far? Uh, uh, sorry, I was uh, I was going to go look to see when these were released. Uh, 2001 for the last one in the bundle, or the latest one in the bundle, so yeah. Uh, Julian uh, Vanhelia Edition, which I don't recognize that game offhand. I've, I've redeemed it, but I haven't played it. Which is a very mixed reception action-adventure exploration game. It has a very weird art style to it. Uh, Antihero, SteamWorld Dig, which I actually really enjoyed, but I already had it, and Death Squared. I, I did get SteamWorld Dig. I remember getting that. I guess I got Death Squared, too. But, yeah, um, Amazon Prime does still have, I mean, they've they've taken some stuff away, but it does still have a lot of great yeah. value add-ons for what you pay. Yeah, I've been, uh, well, right now, uh, as we're talking, I'm listening to the Amazon Music. Yeah. And I've uh, been going through the movies slowly. Just the last couple of days, I uh, watched uh, uh, Blazing Saddles for the first time. And then did uh, completely ridiculous things and spin tires. <laughs> Indeed, we did do ridiculous things and spin tires. Um, okay. So, so while, the next... so while uh, Amazon and Twitch are doing stupid things... They, a new competitor enters the arena. <laughs> well, not really new in this case because Valve has toyed around with uh, streaming before, but it seems like they actually have a storefront for it now. <laughs> or storefront's not probably the proper term. A portal, a portal. They're thinking with portals. <laughs> that then that would be on brand for them. Uh, but yeah, Steam TV. So I assume they're they're going in the Twitch. Yeah, you know. Trying to copy Twitch a little bit with that, which hey, whatever works. Yeah, I which guess. I'm not sure if it's live right now. It's bit, no, it's live right now. Uh, it's for right now they're uh, broadcasting the international. 
uh, and it's focused on Dota 2, at least for the time being. But the last uh, couple of paragraphs on this makes it sound like they're willing to bring this out to all the Steam broadcasts, which, to be perfectly honest, nobody really used because it was so buried in the community side of things of, of Steam. So having a portal for it definitely works. Uh, this uh, The last paragraph of their blog post reads, uh, th- this uh, Dota 2-centered update to Steam Broadcasting currently includes some custom elements to support the International, which is Valve's big uh, esports thing for Dota 2. Yeah. After the tournament, we plan to extend Watch Party support, which is one of the things that we'll get to in a moment, for all games that are on Broadcasting on Steam and expose the a new Broadcasting Steamworks API to Steam Partners. So shots fired to Twitch, huh? Yeah, so I'm on the on it right now and I really like this interface. Yeah, it's, it's tied it's tied directly into the updates on the chat function that they added uh pretty recently yeah. to uh, Steam. But what's interesting yeah. is the watch party add-on or the watch party abilities of it where you're able to link the stream and uh, it seems like it synchronizes. And have a custom chat room where you could watch together and voice chat and uh, watch uh, a stream together with uh, as many people as you want. Yeah, which I really like that. That's That would be something that could get me into well, watching streams more. Actually, let's test something real quick. I just loaded up uh, not now. Watch with a group of friends. And I'm... Uh, are you on right now? I am. I'm... I'm going to invite you. Oh, it okay. goes through that. Oh, we're going to get... We're going to get double audio. There we go. I wanted to see something on this. Hello. Okay, yeah. that, that's interesting. Uh, it, it uh, Because I'm on uh, Firefox, it's doing a weird thing. It's actually tabbing it. it, it so it's pretty much just a chat room right now. What would have been interesting is if it synchronized because it also has a DVR function in it where you could go back and forth. Fancy. And yeah, improper uh, tools. So you get for, well, at least for Dota 2, where you're able to see the drafting procedure of them going through and picking heroes. Uh, and it also shows the individual matches. So. Oh, and it's got cool on the timeline. You can skip yeah. to certain segments, mm-hmm. and then obviously you can hit you know live to be live. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I've got it I, mean, this, I don't know what's going on, but I mean, this beats the ever living hell out of Twitch, doesn't it? Oh yeah, this is way better than Twitch. The interface is better. It's cleaner. I like the color scheme better. I mean, I I love the color purple. I'm not gonna lie, but a website that people are gonna stare at for hours, it needs to be something a little softer on the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this this party chat or group chat thing. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it syncs up the uh, uh, stream, even though that you know that's a function I would like to see. Yeah, but be able uh, pretty quickly go back and forth uh, on the stream as well, or the DVR function. Yeah, I mean, and also there's a bear in the background for some reason. Are, are you seeing that? 
click where click where it says vicious uh uh pro versus uh, basically the match of in purple and look at the background behind the commentators oh yeah <laughs> there is a guy wearing like a bear mascot outfit i was i was watching live though so i didn't see that yeah grant i well, don't know Dota too. I, but yeah the fact that they have the bear mascot dead center now if if uh, Steam yeah, we'll does some stuff that. with this to yeah. broadcast, say, stuff from conferences. You know, E3, for example, would be a good one, but there's other stuff. That oh, hell, the, the, the API where they have it on the timeline, the individual trailers, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. And we could link up with some other people a lot easier because on Twitch, you have to go through the whole rebroadcasting process in order to get your own chat room. And but then it doesn't always work, and depending on if the stream gets delayed, your rebroadcast could experience other issues. Like I've looked, I looked into doing that actually for the last one. It was just like full of many issues that I didn't want to try and deal with. And you know, if you're a big enough streamer, it's worth it to go through the the hassle. And it's you know not like too terribly difficult to rebroadcast something. And you got ad or not admins, but uh, chat moderators and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, if anybody, like, crumbs and crashes your stream, then, like, the whole thing gets fucked up. But on this, like, it's private. So it could just be us hanging out, doing our own thing. And I like that. I like privacy. You do? That, well, that's a first. That, that Here I thought you were more of an explicitist or something, you know? So when it, Social privacy. Oh. Like, so I don't want to talk to a bunch of strangers, deal with a bunch of strangers. Oh, turtle mode. Yeah. Turtle, this this could be turtling with friends. <laughs> yeah, this is a especially since they're talking about expanding it or exposing the API to uh, uh, developers. This could be a real game changer for uh, uh, advertising uh, particular games, especially if they allow you know, some of the smaller indie uh, guys to get uh, to get a hold of this. Yeah. I, I could see some interesting things being done with this. And this accidentally went live a couple of times over the weekend and people were trying to catch it to see what the hell was going on. And I'm, yeah. I'm really impressed with the UI already. If they have a proper uh, just directory to be able to go to different streams and the fact that it also has the ability to go between languages. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. I'm pretty sure it does. Uh, now I have to go back over there, double check it, uh, watch a line. Uh, yeah, English and, uh, there's English, uh, newcomer, uh, English newcomer. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the perfect one for me. Oh. Uh, uh, Chinese, Chinese newcomer, uh, Russian. So, uh, yeah, uh, there you go. I mean, that's, uh, uh no, not, no, I, don't, I don't want you to send me notifications at all, actually. But yeah, that's a... I'm I'm impressed with this. Me too. They they did maybe something good. Granted, definitely needs chat moderation, but <laughs> but you know that's yeah the Twitch problem. You know you get enough people together and they all start to act like dicks. Yeah. Insert political statement here. <laughs> and here. So, yeah, and it's kind of funny the day that they posted that was the same day that uh, today that 
Twitch announced, hey, we're going to add ads back to Twitch Prime. You know, the reason why people got Twitch Prime, but hey, a couple more bucks, you get your ad free again, huh? Yeah. Just a couple more. They couldn't have timed that any better. <laughs> oh. So, moving along, or is there anything else you want to talk about on this one? No, I don't have anything else to bring up on that. So, yeah, we'll move along to our last news topic for tonight. The NVIDIA RTX 20 series has been announced, and uh, this article says why you should jump off of the hype train. Uh, it shows what so, you know. I wasn't on it to begin with. Neither was I, honestly. I I knew that they would be announcing some type of Yeah, I knew card. about the announcement. Then I saw some people talking about a $1,200 card from NVIDIA. Yeah. And nope. Do you realize the computer I could build for $1,200? I know, right? Or I should say computers. Me too. Oh, I just built one computer. I've already got computers. I've got three computers in like a, a sort of triangle arrangement around me right now. Your so. own Triforce. And I've got two over there. And there's that laptop over there that I gotta, I'm going to replace the, the LCD panel on. And then I'll have another laptop. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. but Oh, that reminds me. I was looking on uh, Facebook Marketplace. Uh, completely non-sequitur, but oh, what the hell. Uh, you know, just to see what's on there for me. And there yeah. was a phone that was broken. All right. Or, well, I shouldn't say broken. It still worked. Uh, just like yeah. how you do. Uh, it had a chunk missing out of the back of it, actually. It, it was a... Sam- well, I guess technically it's a tablet. It was a Galaxy Tab. Yeah. They wanted $200 for it. Yeah, no. Nope. nope. That's, I mean, that's you what you ten, run into. You could get 10 phones for that, right? Yeah, that's that's what you run into uh, with that sort of stuff. Either you get I, like, I, a I great just, deal because someone doesn't know what they have, or you get someone who thinks they have something that amazing that's worth way more than it actually is. I mean, is it worth. had literally a chunk of the glass uh, back panel missing out of it, and it was cracked all the way through it. And they were saying, well, it still works perfectly. I mean, it might still work, but not for it's long. Not worth two hundred dollars. So yeah, in case anyone's wondering, uh, I bought two iPhones and a laptop, all to repair, all for twenty bucks a piece. Yeah, I decided just to see what the hell was uh, on it for me, and turns out, well, I, well, I knew my state was full of idiots, but oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Even if the two iPhones never pan out, which I got one of them powered on today, so that's good. The other one is stuck in some kind of boot loop. The one that I said was worth more money than I paid for it if I sold it as is, just for parts. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to do that, because I don't want to try and figure out why the hell it's stuck. But the other one seems to be in working order, aside from the fact that the front screen is smashed. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, if you're listening to this, because I know I've, I've told you about the show a couple of times, take better care of your technology, girl. I bought all three of these things from her, and the both of the iPhones have the screen mat smashed, and also the laptop has the screen smashed. Do you think she uses a stylus uh, and just stabs it like it's an ice pick or something? I think she's just really clumsy and drops things a lot. Although she swears she didn't drop the laptop, she doesn't know how it broke, but when I powered it up, and took the uh, the bezel off so I could actually like it was still screaming. Ah! I could take like so that I could take the panel out and inspect it 
in proper like lighting conditions. I mean, there's a ginormous crack going from like corner to corner. I don't know how the screen works at all. Like half of the screen kind of works, and then the other half is just black whenever you power it on. It's very sad. Maybe she has very a broken. cat, and uh, it's just a huge dick, and it throws everything off the table. I think she does have a cat, actually. Well, 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 we know that cats are assholes. Cats are assholes. I mean, we love them anyway, but still. Yeah. They don't love me, though. I'm allergic. <sighs> so, should we actually talk about the news topic now? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's... I mean, this is how... Like, this is... I don't know. It's not exactly a boring news topic, but at the same time, it's like, eh. Yeah, there Essentially, are... this is a 1080 Ti that's being focused towards uh, something called, what is it, ray tracing? I believe which is so. supposed to improve the fidelity, the graphical fidelity, and the, uh, air quotes, cinematic quality of <laughs> yeah. games. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're using cinematic quality in of both the good and facetious aspect here because yeah it kills frame rates like it can't even run the the latest tomb raider game at 1080 60 it's more like 1080 30 hey but the human eye can't see more than 30 fps right yeah so i mean most gamers are pretty much going to outright reject this because pc gamers care about frame rates i mean we also care about graphical fidelity but for most pc gamers frame rate is more important than graphical fidelity so why buy yeah, this new this card that's basically as powerful as a 1080 Ti when you could get a what, 1080 Ti? three times Ti. as much? Uh, yeah. I think the 1080 Ti at this point is something like 800 bucks. All right. Like so, if you buy one so, brand new. Uh, so once the, that gets the price cut, when this comes out, twice as much? Yeah. I'm actually going to go look right now. Uh, according to this. On the Amazon. Uh, you could upgrade from a GTX uh, 980 to a GTX 1080 for only 449 and enjoy about a 40% per- uh, performance upgrade uh, versus spending nearly double that for RTX 1080, or sorry, 2080, and double the money for a maximum of 20% performance increase. Yeah, depending on which sort of um, reference card you get, you can get a, t- a brand new 1080 Ti for anywhere between about 650 to $850. And it just depends on exactly how overclocked they are and, like I said, which reference model. So which coolers and stuff you get. Um, yeah, this feels mostly... it's They're trying to market it at gamers for some reason. This Everything that I've seen, which is pretty much this news article and people you know going harumph harumph about it. Is yep. more targeted towards the uh, the graphics artist and the uh, the renderers, or not even maybe even the renderers, depending on if uh, whatever programs are able to actually make use of this new technology. And th- yeah. that's also the thing is that okay, this is a new technology. Is it actually going to be used? I mean, I wouldn't use it if I well, bought the card. Well, well because frame ta- rates more important to me. Well, no, no, I was talking about game developers building up for it. Oh, I mean, they probably will at some point. This is one of those bleeding edge things yeah. that you know there will be a few developers that have sort of gone in on it as part of some brand deal or something, and then or funded by it. 
Yeah. And then in the next iteration or maybe two iterations of this, you'll start to see some wider development. And then in the next couple of iterations after that, it'll be more common. So you're looking at somewhere between like five to six years before it becomes probably a, a pretty standard feature that devs work towards. Or I should say the game's being developed in, you know, four or five years, coming out in seven-ish years. Just like, you know, everything's got to start somewhere, and I'm sure once the technology's perfected, it'll be better. I'm not going to say, like, amazing, but better than it, it's presented now. But this is one of those things that, like, if you are into the bleeding edge and you have got money to burn... Well, you've already pre-ordered it because it's already out of stock everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're not, if you're like most gamers that I've seen online talking about this stuff, you're going, huh? But but why though? Why not just get something else that's better and cheaper? So yeah, I mean, I just wish that AMD would step up the game and either get a lot more uh, affordable cards to compete in the mid range space. Like they they've got a couple for sure. Well, the, but... well, the problem with AMD is that they're really good at cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. So or... I can't blame AMD for not being able to keep up because you know they their niche also happens to fall in where uh, cryptocurrency is able to make use of it, and they're being bought hand over fist because yeah, that's the thing at least for now. Yeah. Although it looks like you can get an RX 580. Which is not much more than a 480. No, they're a little bit better. I'm, I mean, it's but... 100. <laughs> yeah, it's 100 better. <laughs> but you can get an RX 580 for 300 bucks, 250 Which they are pretty good. Up, I would say upper mid-range. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe the 580 benchmarks somewhere around like the the 1050 or the 1060. I might be overshooting that just a little bit, but it's better than a GTX 980 Ti. Mm-hmm. So it's somewhere in between. And I mean, for 250 to 300 bucks, like for a brand new card, for any budget gamer, like that's where to be. Because the next logical step up from that would be probably the 1060. I've heard the 1050 is not not worth it from a performance standpoint. I gotta admit, I haven't really followed graphics cards a lot i've been mostly watching ram prices yeah the 1050 is somewhere around the rx 480 in terms of terms of performance but at the time it was more expensive it might be a lot cheaper now uh and maybe the second hand market's a better place to look but i mean the gtx 1060 you can get for 300 plus 300 to 350 bucks uh, looks like there's some here that are a little bit cheaper, but again, it would have to deal with the specific model because, uh, one thing that a, or that NVIDIA does that I hate is there will be 14 different versions of the same card. Mm-hmm. So you can get a, some pretty wild performance differences from one version to the other. Whereas with AMD, I mean, they have variations on their cards, but in but general, that's mostly the coolers than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, so the card performance is relatively similar no matter which model you go with. Because, like, right here, like, I don't know what the difference is in performance on the GeForce GTX 1060 Windforce overclock 6 gigabyte versus the GTX 1060 SC Gaming 
single fan something or other. Well, see, one's using the Force. And the other uh, and the other one's the Imperials. I usually go with the EVGA model when I've bought NVIDIA cards in the past. I don't know why, I just always have. Well, the Wind Force certainly looks cooler. Got copper heat piping, dual fans... Boost clock, seventeen ninety-seven megahertz. This doesn't have any of that listed on here. Or if it is, oh, eighteen thirty-five megahertz. So the EVGA version, worse cooling performance, but a higher clock speed. Now the question is, where does that balance out? Same amount of RAM. Got to get but the yeah, fl- just, uh, got to get your spreadsheets out to figure this out. For this, for for the EVGA model of this card, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different versions listed for the EVGA GeForce GTX 1060. And there's also the three gigabyte model, which has got one, two, three, four, five, six different versions. So yeah, it could just it just it's confusing. You got too many options, Nvidia. Too many. Narrow it down a little bit. Although, what do I care? I've got an RX 480 <laughs> that I'm still very happy with. <clears throat> they can still run modern games somewhere between medium and high graphic settings at 1080p at 60 plus FPS. I got no complaints. Unless it dies on me. They don't have complaints. <laughs> Although, I've got two 750Ti's and an RX 5, or no, an RX 570 or 560. So not as powerful cards, but I got options. I got options if, if my 480 dies. Hell, I just pulled my old 750 uh, Ti super clock out of Katie's PC. She doesn't need it. I just stuck it in there because that's, why not? It needed It needed a home to live in. Instead of my dusty shelf. I like talking about computer parts. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to add, though. I Obviously, I went way, way, way the fuck off topic. Huh? What? Do you have anything else to add? Oh, sorry. I was sitting here browsing Reddit while I listened to you babble on and on and on. Okay. So, that's our last <laughs> news topic for the night. Moving on to our community corner, you said we had a few tweets Yes, we did. And let me switch over to that. Uh, we had a tweet from Kyle and he posted a uh, clip from one of his No Man's Sky streams, which was actually very funny. I, I don't want to spoil what that is. Uh, go look it up. Uh, okay. Ghost Shark was confused about the Palico that I posted uh, on the last uh, episode. Uh, for those who don't follow the uh, the Twitter, uh, well, for the podcast, VGL podcast on the Twitters. Uh, I usually accompany it with some sort of GIF that's at least pseudo related most of the time. And last time it was one of one of the Palicos uh, just going absolutely batshit insane uh, with a martial arts uh, display. Uh, and he was uh, confused. uh is that a steampunk cat just having a seizure? <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, that wasn't even one of the best uh, options I had for a Palico uh, GIF. 
The other one that was a contender that I just couldn't get a, at least a decent size to be able to post. Uh, it was one of uh, the uh, monster fights. I have no idea which one. But it was the opening of it, and uh, the monster lit off this giant blast of energy. And the guy that was playing the game dodged, but it clipped the palico, and you just see it fly into the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor little palicos. Uh, but yeah, and we also had an ad uh, pop up because you know I was bitching about. Uh, uh, Twitch Deck not be able to support video files on a, on a scheduled tweet, but oh well. And then we had Kyle actually have a question, which I can't answer, but maybe you can, I think. VGL community, Civ okay. 6 players, I want to know, who do you think is the best Civ in the game and why? Mine is Rome due to bonuses making the early build order ship uh, skip like three steps per city and the unique unit. I'm assuming that's what UU is or is uh, stuttering. Uh, not Dean iron, despite being a swordsman replacement. Yeah, that would be the, uh, uh the hoplite. The centurion, I think was that unique unit. Mm, I haven't played Civ six. Well, I have uh, played the demo and uh, was trying to get a feel for, the city building and the demo sucks for that. Um, my response to that, I think would have to be, uh, Peter from Russia. Mm -hmm. Um, their unique bonus, uh, is that they can get extra resources off of Tundra tiles, which means that you have access to a lot of portions of the map that most players are going to avoid. And it's very easy due to some of their unique, uh, what is it? Uh, they generate bonus, uh, religious points, bonus, bonus faith. Um, so you can win religious victories pretty easily with them. So yeah, that's my, I think my, my favorite, the best in the game. Um, their unique units, not that great. The Cossack, uh, which is an early game cavalry unit. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not the best unique cavalry unit. Uh, Saladin has definitely got the best unique cavalry unit with, uh, the Molmax or Momaluk? Momaluk? Yeah, Momaluk. I just looked it up to make sure I was pronouncing it right. But, yeah, definitely uh, Peter from Russia. Russia. So there you go. Well, see, my, my, my favorite, game. My favorite uh, Civ Six uh, civilization is Civ Five. <laughs> On that one multiplayer game that there were like eight or ten of us playing, I was, I'm pretty close to winning a religious victory. I'm in second or third place overall, but I'm, I've converted seven or eight of the ten players to my religion, uh, which is sex perverts. I mean, granted, the last time we played this was back in, I think, February, so... I'm glad that you have to specify what type of perverts you are, by the way. Yeah, we're we're sex perverts. And uh, I believe my religious symbol is a turtle. Of course it is. But, uh, yeah. Anyways. 
Is that it? Uh, yes, that was it. That Kyle asking a question. Uh, and if you wish to ask a question, you could do so on our Twitter, VGL Podcast, or just email us directly, vglpodcast at gmail.com. We accept text and audio questions. Nice. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to, uh, uh, to ask, huh? What? Huh? huh? What'd you say? Huh? What? Can't hear you. I haven't had running. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, but so also, what else is running is music. Indeed, doobly doo for the Discovery Q, and I have one right off the bat: Phantom Doctrine. Why does that uh, sound familiar? Basically, Cold War, um, Cold War XCOM. Interesting. Is is what this game looks like? I'm dropping the link now. And I mean, I love everything XCOM and everything, you know, turn-based strategy game. And it, it really does look like that someone, like, saw the modern XCOM and went, huh. Oh, that, that's already on my wish list, so, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's see. The year is 1983. The world teeters on the verge of destruction as the Cold War tightens its icy grip. East or West, trust no one. Question everything. The fate of humanity rests in your hands as Aha. you get spy versus spy in tactical phantom doctrine. Roll credits. And I got mine. I thought what I had this got? on my wish list already, but guess not. Extra punks. Uh, well, pretty much only thing I have to say about this uh, to sell it, uh, or, or at least put it on my wish list immediately, Zactronics. This is a Zactronics game, which is usually some sort of very odd, difficult, but interesting puzzle game. The year is 1997. You used to be a hacker, but now you have the phage. You have to make a deal. One hack, one dose. There's nothing left to lose except your life. And this is essentially a world hacking game, uh... Going, doing different things, uh, different missions from everything that I can tell. It's in early access still, but there's a well. It's a Zach Trinks game, so yo, it's going to be unique. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about that immediately. It's still being developed, so obviously, I mean, it's in early access. We hope that's still being developed. Hack everything. Hack banks, universities, factories, TV stations, highway signs, game consoles, the government, and oh yeah, your own body. <laughs> nice. So I got a another one. I'm not sure how, what to make of this. It's just called Truck Driver. And it looks like a complete ripoff of Euro Truck. And I went to double check to make sure that it wasn't like affiliated with the people who make Euro Truck or published by the same publisher or something. But not that I can tell. Uh, you're a bigger Euro Truck player than I am. Maybe you can uh, let me pick take something out that I missed. But, I mean, this looks literally like Euro Truck. Yeah, I mean, that looks very familiar. I would say probably a little bit lower fi. Let's put it this way. Uh, the similar to games you played, Euro Truck and Spin Tires. Yeah, yeah, I've got spin tires and then train station or train simulator 2018. I'm not sure why Euro Truck's not on there. 
because I also played Euro Truck. It looks like and it may not okay. be focused on a particular area. It's a, a custom world, so maybe that's uh, something. At least, uh, okay. at least it doesn't seem to be highlighting any particular landmass. I'm gonna. Uh, if it has do. better uh, company management than Euro Truck, it's definitely worthwhile. I'll add it to my wish list to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'll do the same. I'm going to quickly head over to the discussion group and see if anyone's, like, asking how this uh, at is least on the Eurotruck. At least on the store page, it doesn't highlight a particular landmass, so... Yeah, I'm getting absolute shit, so I may start a second queue. We can't have just one. Oh, I'm only, like, three games into my queue. I guess it's my turn there. Okay, so it looks like this game is actually going to have a story mode. Interesting. Um... Similar to a career, but more guided, uh, following the story of a family of truckers. Okay. Very interesting. Uh, no multiplayer, at least according to this. Uh, multiplayer might be coming in the future, but not at the moment. Okay. Cool. Oh, uh, here we go. How much will this differ from Euro Truck slash American Truck Simulator? Or how much is it? Okay, um, I'm scrolling th or going through to summarize it. So basically, they're aiming for a game which is similar but focuses much more on the career and management side, and less on the driving and simulation side. The goal is to build up relationships with people that you work with uh, as the world revolves around you to grow your company. That sounds very interesting, actually, because that's been my primary complaint about Euro Truck and American Truck is that. Uh, it's mostly a sandbox game. Uh, yes, you do have to pay attention to certain things in uh, the company management in the beginning, but once you get a couple drivers, the game pretty much just pays its, uh, plays itself on that. Yeah. So having some sort of mixture, uh, moving it back towards uh, company management or a pure management game, while you're also uh, you know a truck uh, a, a trucker owner. You know, a driver owner, I should say, is very interesting to me. Yeah. You know, pull into a truck stop and have to deal with the uh, management stuff uh, before uh, resting. Yeah, that would be interesting. So I, it doesn't go into very many details. I mean, I kind of summarized. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it's was pretty vague. Yeah, it doesn't even have a release date yet. Yeah. So yo, yeah, still in development. It. Very interesting, though. Uh, there is a lot of room in the uh, truck simulator like that to you know, branch out. And uh, Did they say that it's a particular landmass, or is it a, you know, a custom map? No, it's a custom map. Okay. Well, and that, I did not, not see the word... Yeah, I did not see the word procedural generation in there either, so that's good. Yeah. I mean, procedural generation can be useful, in, but it's a tool. It's not a something that should be used completely on its own. If yeah, if it had you know procedural generation between certain landmarks, then I could understand that a bit more than you know full on procedural generation. So I did get my last game on the queue. Uh, actually, is somewhat interesting looking. Okay. Uh, State of Mind. State of Mind is a futuristic thriller game develop a uh, devolving. I'm oh, sorry, delving into transhumanism. The game explores themes of segregation, disjuncture, and reunification 
in a world that is torn apart between a dystopian material reality and a utopian virtual future. So, Ready Player One without the memes? It's cyberpunk, so... It's... It has a sort of a pseudo-low-poly look to it. It's not completely low-poly, but it definitely has a little bit of it in it. Yeah, I like this art style, actually. Yeah, look at, like, the, um, well, the, the first screenshot, it gives you an idea. Uh, it's not quite what I would call low-poly, uh, because low-poly to me is, like, half the polygons of that, but it definitely is a stylized look. Yeah, and, I like that, though. And this is by Daedric Entertainment, which has uh, a pretty good pedigree overall. So I got another one. Uh, I guess our positions are flipped for today. Yeah. Pure oh, rock my. crawling. Uh, you know, we were talking about this, I think, yesterday, about how there's room for more games like yeah, spin I th- tires. Yeah, I think I've seen that before. And uh, essentially, they're saying that they are just trying to develop the most realistic tire and sim- uh, uh, suspension models possible. Fuck it, I'm doing a second queue. Mostly because so. it gave me a good game immediately. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, is this game relevant to you? Spin Tires and Spin Tires Mud Runner. Similar to games. Uh, so. uh, is this game relevant to you? Uh, it's on my wish list, so yeah, no wonder it seems familiar. <laughs> well, our positions are flipped. Uh, Dirt Rally and Spin Tires. I should try Dirt Rally again now that I own it. Interesting. It actually looks like it's showing uh, RC cars as well. Or is that just how they're uh, demoing the different the uh, suspension model? I don't. I don't know, actually. Uh, take a look at uh, that, that first screenshot. It. I mean, it, no, no. It, I mean, just with how the game looks, it looks like an RC car. Uh, that first screenshot, though, you can see like the the yeah. body of the car is sort of yeah, uh, yeah, just translucent. It, yeah, just uh, looking at it at a glance, it looked almost like an RC car. That's why I was saying that. Yeah, I should trust a uh, uh, dirt rally again. Give it a second shot now that I own it because humble bundle. But something that I don't own that is going on the wish list: Guacamole Two, uh, Mexican Luchador uh, Metroidvania. I, I like the first one. I just hit a segment that I wasn't skilled enough to get through. It had a series of jumps that I was able to perform. But it is a very colorful, fun romp. So, the fact that Guacamole 2 got made and uh, did get a coupon for it. <laughs> I'm not going to buy it immediately. But it, it's a very interesting game. It's a it's an interesting take on the Metroidvania style. Uh, similar to games you played. Battle Block Theater and Cuphead. Of all the games you could choose... You choose two games that aren't Metroidvania? Really? Oh. <laughs> oh. But, yeah. Sword Art Online. Uh-oh. R.E. Hollow Fragment. Is this an expansion? Uh-oh. I got another one. Yeah. Uh, it seems like uh, the first cube was a dud. The second one's actually really good. Oh, it's a, a traditional JRPG in store. In, not an MMO. Sing- I'm in. Sort of, I mean, I'm putting the link in, but yeah. I don't think I really need to explain. I just explained it in my explanation. Well, what's Sword Art Online? 
go watch like the four or five seasons of the anime and the movie oh it looks like this one's mixed ouch uh but uh oh I, I think we lost Jared so uh only yeah okay sorry carry on uh, uh, do you want to uh, go uh, on or no you're keep going you're fine okay my next one uh, it seems like my second cue is actually a lot better graveyard keeper build and manage a medieval graveyard while facing ethical dilemmas and making questionable decisions essentially stardew valley meets a graveyard granted there's a, a rather mixed reaction to this so i'm not sure what to think on this um, it's mixed on Steam right now with 1,500 reviews sitting at 53%. So it's probably, if it's your jam, it's really good. If not, then probably a pass. It'll definitely be worth a look, though, but it's something to keep an eye on, I think. It does have a the sort of Stardew Valley-esque uh, pixel art. Very, very detailed and very pretty art style. With a grim, grim <laughs> uh, 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 farm, essentially. I see. I mean, just look at some of those screenshots and look at that pixel art. Isn't that fucking beautiful? Let me get back over here and look at it. Look at the second screenshot. I mean, that's just gorgeous. Oh, yeah, that's nice looking. Granted, these are screenshots and not in motion, but... But uh, there's definitely a lot more room in the... Uh, Double A uh, high end uh, indie game scene for you know Stardew Valley uh, management style games. So uh, Soul Calibur Six, but uh, yeah, I'm not a Soul Calibur guy, so uh, I'll skip that. But hey, uh, there's Soul Calibur on Steam if you want it. Uh, I got another oh one. God. Why? Why put this on Steam? What is it? The title of this game is Hentai Girl. Oh, God. And it's just like, it's one of those sliding puzzle games. Yeah, th you know, that's actually been like popping up a lot. That, that's, that's been popping up a lot, actually. There's a lot of asset flips of some sort of sliding puzzle game. And they essentially yeah. just pull a bunch of, uh, let's put it this way, lewd images usually. You know, sometimes yeah. it's not. Sometimes it's cats. Sometimes it's dogs. Sometimes it's just random animals. Sometimes it's nature. But they're all, if this is what I think it is, it's pretty close to this, yeah. It's it's currently 59 cents. And that's full-on nudity as well. And it's going to have trading cards. <laughs> I love this review. Pros. Good music, good gameplay, very nice graphics. Cons, you're still a disappointment to your parents. And of course, yo, all the memes are coming out. I'm gonna I'm gonna request this on Keymailer if it's there. Of course it is. That's where I've seen it. Uh, so I got one. Uh, since I'm doing a double now, not tonight. <laughs> not tonight, hentai girls. Not tonight. Not tonight is essentially papers, please, plus being a bouncer at one of several bars and nightclubs. And you have to uh, compare uh, the credentials. Uh, I mean, it's essentially a take on papers, please, with a new theme. 
uh, but a lot more gameplay on it because you're also able to build up your uh, apartment and try to run your own life. It's a once again taking a concept from another game and branching out on it. Uh, pretty nice uh, pixel art graphics. It's I think it's doing fairly well on the handful of reviews it has. Eighty-one percent. So that's definitely worth a look. It, uh, yeah, you don't mind papers, please. Huh. What? This is interesting looking. Normally, I'm not into this type of game, but this looks neat. What? Uh, so this is the last game on my list. It's called Barbarian, but spelled like bear, as in like grizzly bear. Uh, and it's a... You're a guy who's wearing a bear pelt with a giant axe. <laughs> and it's uh, I just got an isometric... Control. It's an isometric hint, uh, hentai. <laughs> isometric hack and slash game, um, where it looks like you've got like an army of people who oh, follow you around, sake. and you get into big battles. It looks it looks neat. It's got a really nice, cute pixel art style. Um, it's got some watching like the 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 video for it or the trailer for it. It's got like some flashy effects. There's the link to it right now. And I mean, I'm a sucker for a pun. And the fact that it's called Bar Bear Ian. Yeah. Well, there was one I got. I think it was in a bundle somewhere. Bard Barian, where <laughs> you're a, a bard. <laughs> and it's nice. essentially a tower defense. But yeah, that was my cue. I, I had. Uh, crap uh, that's another thing i've noticed uh, uh, the uh, lewd or animal based uh, sliding puzzle game but also minesweeper has been popping up a lot some sort of a take on minesweeper L- lewd minesweeper don't don't tempt them don't tempt them okay i mean uh, I can yeah, handle don't tempt them or you'll blow your tits off <laughs> all right so that was yeah that was the last game in my one queue. Yeah, I had to had do... a great queue. One, two, three, four, five, six. And a hentai girl sucks, but... Yeah, I had to yeah, do two games. to get five. But my last queue was a lot better. Granted, I did skip a couple that were decent, mostly because I was already up to five, and I didn't want to put too many links into the show notes. Because I, too, yeah. can be lazy. Nice. Well... What, my laziness? Yes. But also, that means it's time to move on to the part of the podcast where I go first. And coming up on the YouTube Oh, you should work on your stamina. <laughs> we have been regularly, well, for two two days now, or two times now, uh, three, releasing three. spin tires. Three. Uh, yeah, I guess three at the point which this releases. Uh, spin tires, Mudrunner, on our channels. Uh, so far, we have released uh, what's called The Bog and The Island. Which is just the first two maps in the list. I forget which one's next. I actually uh, the, well, made the a crossing note, so. part one will be Saturday. Yeah, I actually made a list though about which order they went in. So well, see, I, I have them all fixed, numbered but... by episode. <laughs> on yeah, the I just, themselves. I just titled them by the name of the map, so I had to go look up the map order. But I did do that. Anyways, that's coming up on the channel as well as the regular podcast upload. And you can find those things by going to Gaming Psychologist or searching for Gaming Psychologist on YouTube. If you want to follow me on Twitter, 
where you can see me tweet about many random things in life, you can do so at uh, at JMA4707 on the Twitter. If you want to see pretty much at this point just rebroadcasts of people who are streamers in the community, mostly Kyle, but I think Ghost Shark's been on there a couple of times. Well, I'm uh, you can, planning on starting up in the next week or two. So go ahead and add me to your list. And and uh, Rage over here. <laughs> uh, and you just like want one hub to see all of those things, you could uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash jr4707. My brain just like shut down. Finally, the last thing is if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending a friend request to jr4707. I accept all friend requests from the lovely, lovely people in our audience. And I have many friends on Steam. Actually, so many I'm thinking about going and uh, purging the list of some people who haven't logged in for very, very, very long amounts of time. Goodbye, so, Biff. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, and for some reason you're my friend on Steam but haven't logged in in more than, say, six months, and you want to stay my friend, just, like, hop on for a minute, and then you'll be you'll be safe. And if you want to be extra safe and give them the password, because, you know, you're into that sort of thing, the password for this week is stupid. <laughs> and that's with two O's and an I-D. Nice. What about you, buddy? Well, Where can they find you and what have you got going on? Uh, well, I've, well, I was planning on getting my third series up and running, but I hit a wall with that, which I was going to talk about this week on the podcast, but well, we cut that segment. So I'll talk about maybe next week or the week after, depending on when we do games we played. Uh... I was going to, after we were done here, uh, go ahead and fire up Twitch and do my first stream to test that out, but I don't want to risk my voice right now. It's on the kind of iffy side, so it's starting to get a little scratchy, but you can find me at Gaming with Caffeine Rage on YouTube and Twitch Caffeine underscore Rage. Unfortunately, I put an underscore there, but eh, deal with it, right? Or you can just see right. me tweet about who knows what over at Gaming with CR on the Twitter. And as I scroll all the way back up on the show notes, I'll remind you once again, you could reach us, vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, questions, or just tweet them all to us, vglpodcast. Our Patreon has supported us very, very well and has paid for our Podbean account patreon.com slash vgl podcast and patreon or sorry uh, like i said my voice was starting to go a little bit <laughs> uh vgl podcast.podbean.com and we're also on itunes google play uh and spotify but our show notes and the rss feed is on podbean our intro and outro music is on the ground by kevin mccloyd and Doobly Doo is our Discovery Q music by the same artist. His work can be found at incomputech.com and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. Uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.